Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Singapore Homebrew on Money FM 89.3. And the Earth, planet Earth, recorded its hottest year on record in 2023. Not a good look for those of us who uh, would like to survive in coming decades and generations. But the smashing of that record, it was by a huge margin. The planet's at 1.48 centigrade hotter, Celsius hotter, than twenty uh, in 2023 compared to the period before. Look, it's a serious topic. It's not always a fun topic, but it's one that we need to keep talking about. We talk about climate mm. a lot and the environment a lot here. Joining us in the studio to unpack what this means, the the, the numbers from last year, is Ng Shiri Trina, the climate researcher from NTU, and Dr. Stephen Chua, also assistant research assistant professor at the Earth Observatory in Singapore. Trina, Stephen, thank you for being with us today. Welcome to the studio. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. Thank you for having both of us here. No, we're passionate yeah. about it. And Stephen, I'll start with yeah. you. When I read this story on The Guardian, every statistic seemed to be a negative one. I mean, just uh, Glenn mentioned a couple there. Uh, scientists said the 1.5 Celsius mark will be passed for the first time, possibly in the next 12 months. That is considered to be the point of no return. Primary cause of increased global heating was record emissions of carbon dioxide. High temperatures drove heat waves, floods, wildfires damaging lives across the world. How serious is it? And what is your overview of those statistics? Well, those statistics were stunning, and, but not unexpected. Because I think for hundreds of years, scientists have been beating the drum, saying that uh, climate change is real. And we've known about climate change and the effects of CO2 since the 1850s, where we understood the relationships between them. And as a scientific community, we have actually been measuring CO2 since the 1960s, where we saw CO2 rise from 300 parts per million all the way to 420 today. So it's not surprising, yet the rates are catching us uh, a little bit off guard. Trina Ung, climate researcher, let's bring it back to you. So we've seen the figures, they're very depressing. Yes. Tell us why they matter. What are the implications, the repercussions? So I think on one of the Guardian posts recently, one of the scientists did say that this was like God smackingly bananas. So something very sobering to see. I think this has cascading consequences and implications for both our planet and also um, Singapore. So you have, you know, impacts on sea level rise, which is something that Stefan and I work on on our research. You have impacts on ecosystems, biodiversity, um, human health. So it's basically everything that concerns our daily wealth, well-being. And, you know, I think climate change and, you know, these world-breaking temperatures have more um, implications than, what's, uh, a, 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 than what one would actually think of. Mm. Because... Climate change is a, is a really long battle and for somebody myself who um, works on sea level rise, rising temperatures has an impact on mean sea level rise because our oceans have a long memory. So mm. when you have rising temperatures, our oceans actually have a long drawn effect. You know, um, it, it takes a while to heat up and then yeah. have impact on sea level rise. So that per se will have... Um, 
we'll change certain things on how we do like projections and what it means mm. for our area of research. Thank you. Yeah. We're talking to uh, Trina Ng, a climate researcher at NTU, and Dr. Stephen Chua, research assistant professor at the Earth Observatory in Singapore, also at NTU. And Stephen, let's let's go to you. The you know, we've just heard from Trina the lo- this long memory. We all know that it takes a long time for the Earth to correct from whatever's happening. We do also know that over history, we've had hot periods and cold periods. And where we're at right now, you know, with the, with the planet being 1.48 Celsius hotter, how long, like, what would we need to do to start correcting that? And you know, how long would that take to actually make a correction, even if we brought that temperature down? Yeah, I was thinking about it on the way here. I was wondering what are the two scariest words that public and climate scientists would expect. So mm. the two scariest words, in my opinion, are than expected. Mm. Right? Global temperatures are warming up faster than expected. Ice sheets are melting faster than expected. But expectation is based on our, ex- our understanding of the past. So back to your question. The past gives us analogs for the future. So do you know when was the last time CO2 was as high as today? No, when? No idea. During the Pliocene, three to five million years ago. And so we call it unprecedented, but actually it is precedented in the Earth's past. Mm. And at that time, temperatures were three to four degrees higher. Mm. And sea levels was a stunning more than 10 meters higher than today. So that's kind of a... We've been there before, yes, in other we words, have. right? Oh, yeah. well, but humans, humans have not humans been there before. Before. The earth yeah. has been there before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so if you ask me how long it took for the last 800,000 years, the recovery from cycles of ice to inter-ice age, if you watch the movie Ice Age, right? <laughs> it's about 100,000 years yeah. under natural systems. Yeah. So we need to be wary of that, right? Yeah, yeah, so let's focus on the positives, if we can, Dr. Chua. What are you doing at NTU, the Earth Observatory of Singapore, for Singapore? What's well, a two-part question. What are the repercussions for Singapore, just to recap, and what are you doing about it? I think one of the... It comes back to my, my two scariest words. Mm. If we have better knowledge of the past as well as the present processes, we have a better way of mitigating and adapting for the future. So we study long records to understand processes that we may not think contributes, but actually do. Another thing that... Could you give us an example of that? Ah, so for example, we know that in projections, for example, and Trina will be the expert to talk about it, we expect that the sea level increase in a certain way. Mm. But going back in the past, sea levels have not always behaved uh, as we predict. There could be jumps. So sometimes we need to understand the dynamics between ice sheets, how they they lose, how they they put fresh water into the system, and how the sea levels change. It could be jumpy. It may not be a nice line. So at Earth Observatory of Singapore, we recently launched the Climate Transformation Program, the CTP, to look at the whole variety of climate and impacts. For example, climate and the processes, climate and biodiversity, climate and health. So I think it's, uh, we understand that the earth may not recover in time, so to speak, but we humans are ingenious. Yeah. Singapore is resource-rich mm. and has the capacity. And I think we can do something to manage the change in our lifetime. Yeah. Trina, the, 
you know, Singapore obviously is a very, very infinitesimal part of this climate change discussion, to be truthful. It's not the biggest emitter or even a big emitter, but we can do certain things here. Singaporeans and those of us who live here can do things to maybe model good behavior, model the right way forward. What can, what can we do to help, you know, not maybe change climate change or, or put it off a little bit further or minimize it? What can we do? Before I touch on that, I just want to say that I think Singapore can, even though we're really small relatively to all the other countries in the world, we do have an impact on what what we do um, in terms of carbon footprint mm. and economy-wise. You know, I think that um, contributes um, to the global economy and also how how our global carbon footprint um, changes. Yeah, we shouldn't be too smug because per person our emissions yeah. are quite high, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when it's really really hot, we we I mean we're in air-conditioned room right now and that takes up carbon emission. So um, what can we do on an individual level? I think there are multiple things we can do as a Singaporean as a Singaporean and like, you know, just a citizen living in Singapore and it's a, it's a city. So um, firstly, I guess we can just reduce, reuse, recycle. I think those are like the common messages out mm, there. Mm. And also in every way, try to practice more sustainable living habits in everyday life so that can, can go from, you know, taking public transportation whenever, whenever you can and um, reducing your shower time. Turn off the aircon when it's a cool, rainy day. Yeah, or just like increasing it <laughs> yeah. by one degree. Yeah, so like small things like that, I guess it makes an impact, even though it might not feel that way. But if everybody does it as a collective community, it will make an impact. But you're yeah. making a bigger impact. What are you doing day to day in your climate research? So uh, I, I do I do research on sea level rise in NTU uh, as a PhD candidate and I'm also having a full-time job at the Centre for Climate Research mm. Singapore, which is part of the National Environment Agency. So, um, uh, so recently there was this third national climate change study that was released um, two weeks ago mm. that talks about climate projections for Singapore and the Southeast Asia region. So that is something that a lot of our stakeholders, um, policymakers will use to make the necessary planning measures for the coming decades up to, you know, 2100 for Singapore. And that is very crucial for our island state because we are a small place. There's really nowhere we can go if, for example, the mean sea levels were to rise. I saw the report. In 30 seconds, what were some of the key points that were revealed in that report for Singapore? So I think something that you wouldn't... um, (laughs) <laughs> you already know so the wetter days will get wetter the drier seasons will get drier we have uh, mm. higher rainfall slightly higher mean sea levels nothing that is um, well I mean I wouldn't say it's negative but it's, it's something that we see that is happening like climate change it's real but that's it I think we can do something about it with these projections yeah Stephen just very briefly we do have to go but is Singapore well placed to to adapt to Climate change? A resounding yes. I think Singapore is open to climate science and very receptive to what like my colleagues at NEA, like Katrina, and other institutions are doing. So they incorporate science into their policy, which is really good. And so if you ask me, we have been putting a lot of uh, emphasis since our Prime Minister mm. uh, talked about 100 billion and 100 years. That shows our resolve. And I believe that we have all the necessary means to carry out research to understand how to protect our coastlines, how to protect our people against future climate change. 
Stephen, thank you so much. Dr. Stephen Chua, Research Assistant Professor at the Earth Observatory of Singapore, and Trina Ng, Climate Researcher at NTU. Thanks for being with us today. We'll have you on again in the future. Unfortunately, this topic is going to be with us for quite some time. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.